my name's Tamsin Westall and welcome to Fresh From The Pod. In this episode, I speak to TV presenter, writer, designer and landscaper Adam Frost. We've never met in person, so I wasn't sure what to expect. Would he be as charming and real as he comes across on TV? Well, I can tell you that he most certainly was. I honestly felt as if I was propping up a bar with Adam. We talked about his time as a parks gardener, working with Jeff Hamilton, his Chelsea Flower Show success, coping with lockdown, and how his amazing family came up with a solution to answering the torrid of questions from the public that followed his appearances on Gardener's World. Adam, I'm absolutely thrilled that you've joined me on Fresh from the Pod. Um, really exciting. And I'm very aware that in the real world, you probably wouldn't have time for this. You know, how have you had time to pause and sort of think about your career and how well you've done? Well, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I've, if I've ever paused with anything. I don't know. Mate, I, you know, I think if anything, lockdowns made me just stop. And um, and you don't know this, so I'm going to throw you out. And Mrs Frost has actually been in the hospital for eight weeks. Oh, no. So you've sort of caught me at a time when there's quite a lot of, I suppose, pausing, rethinking and, and working out, you know, what's next. But I think you're right on reflection, you know, looking back from a kid from a council estate um, and how it all started. Yeah, if I do stop and think about it, it's been all right, really, hasn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, you know. I've always sort of looked on at your career and thought, you know, my words would be, boy, done good. You know, you have done good, haven't you? Yeah, I, I suppose so. Do you know, I, I don't know, do we ever look at it ourselves if we... Probably not. I but you've maybe got... I've got to an age where, you know, I've got enough T-shirts now. I don't yeah. have to keep chasing T-shirts. Maybe that's sort of a realisation. But if I'm really honest, I think all it's been... So I was a kid, you know, I got moved from London to Devon when I was 15. I, I disengaged with school, ended up on a parks department. And then two old fellas, one called George, one called Jim, got hold of me, probably stopped me, you know, going down the wrong road. And I suppose I, I already love gardening because of my nans and granddads. But I suppose I just, I re-engaged and I engaged with it with them. Um, I suppose, and they took me from being a boy into a man. And, and so I, I fell back in love with it, if that makes sense. And I realised, I think, quite early on that, for me, gardening, being in a garden, whatever it was, represented being somewhere safe. Yes, I think you're quite right. I mean, I, if you hated school as much as me, I think that was why I like gardening, because you just feel, well, no-one's going to criticise you. It, it is you're creating this heavenly escape from the world aren't you yeah and maybe as we get older because we, when we're younger we don't know any of that do we really I don't no, think you know I think you're just getting on with it I think maybe as you get older and you start to reflect and you realize that actually that creation of a garden and the importance of having your hands in the soil the connection with nature nature doesn't judge you you know it just gets on it does what it does and and you have to, in reality, learn to work around it and, and work with it. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting your age and I've become a bit mellower as well. And, and there's something 
there's something quite sort of beautiful about that, I suppose, isn't there? But I think what you've done over lockdown is what quite a few people have done is you've brilliantly brought your family to the fore doing social media, your live, your live tours, and you've broken down a lot of boundaries because horticulture can be seen as being quite proper and stuffy. And I think this has been good for horticulture that we're not sort of following the guidelines, are we, anymore? You've kind of like thrown it around and you're doing it your way. Yeah, um, I don't know. I spent a lot of years, didn't I, working for Jeff Harrison. And let's be honest, if one man did it his own way, Jeff did it his own way. And, and Jeff was always about encouraging people to garden and I, I, I'm a dyslexic lad um, so that I carry this baggage I don't always pronounce Latin in the right way it, it irritates me that, that 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 can put some people off gardening so do you know what if I don't say it right and that makes someone else feel a little bit more comfortable I mean I always work, work on the basis that, that you'd, if you know if I was looking after you you know you'd much rather that I knew how to look after you than got your name right every time wouldn't you Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one gets my name right. Yeah, for And I suppose it's that. I just want everybody. If we all built a garden, the world would be a better place, I suppose. And, and if you can say something in four words instead of eight words, then that's all right. That's yeah. all right with me, you know. But I've loved hearing your kids kind of correcting you and dealing with the technology. Right. It's brilliant. Are they interested well, that whole thing was kicked off by Amber Lily, who's the, who's the 15-year-old. So she's number three. And, and in lockdown, I, I did those first – well, see, Monty couldn't do two of the programmes. And they phoned me on a Thursday and said, um, could you do the next two half-hour programmes? Monty can't do them because he's had to go into full lockdown. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's fine. When do you want to come? Sunday. Uh, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's all right. But what are we doing? Well, we're not really sure at the moment. So <laughs> we, we semi-winged the two programmes, and I was really, I don't know, I was nervous as to the, the tone. I, I, you know, I've worked hard, so I've ended up with a nice, decent-sized garden, way beyond my dreams, but I also didn't want to be stood there indicating, you know, it's all right for me, Jack, because I'm surrounded by this garden. So... And, and everything was changing by the moment. And, and we actually did the, we did the clothes three different times because I, I, I really shot the clothes because I woke up the following morning after doing one and wanted to do it again because I just didn't feel right. And strangely enough, the two programmes went out and the reaction was mind-blowing. Um, I'm just a lad in his garden, you know, doing what yeah. he does, you know. And, and, but with that came this sort of, this bombardment of questions. And like our email blocks was rammed, our social media rammed. And, you know, I've got to run a business, you know, and, and the BBC don't pay me a small fortune to stand there and answer questions all day. And Amber Lily said, hey, why don't you just, we do something on a Friday night and we do one of these Instagram lives. And hand on heart, I didn't really know what it was at the time. No. I think you're not alone there. <laughs> yeah, and and then we sort of started, and and then again that built a life of its own, you know, and and we only really stopped doing them because Mrs. Frost um, 
became poorly, really. So we sort of backed off. I've backed off social media quite a lot since she's been in hospital. She is home now and, and everything looks Good. like it's going in the right direction. But, but you know, that's the only reason we stopped doing it. So I don't know. It's something that we might engage again with, I think, as a family. Yeah. I mean, it's just you are just very refreshing and you can tell the passion just runs through you. But when you started doing this television work were you a natural in front of the camera or were you sort of bricking it thinking I don't think I can do this I st- hey mate I'm st- the first time I still don't think I can do it now I think I'm you getting can. away with it um <laughs> honestly I can remember the first time that they even the first time they let me host the program and I'm thinking I'm nearly in there and I've got to knock up and do a piece of the camera and all that kept going around in my head is you know Monty's been doing this for what 13 14 years and, you know, Monty comes out on a, on a Friday night and, and X million people sit there with their glass of wine and think the world's a better place, you know. And I'm thinking, this is sort of big shoes. And then on top of that, I've got Jeff Hamilton sat on the other shoulder, yeah. the son, and she messed this up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, that, I was a nervous wreck. But when I first started doing it, I, I sort of, it was funny because I got, lots of people had told me over a long period of time, you know, oh, you should do telly, you should do telly. And I, and I did bits and pieces, but I was never really sure. Mm. Um, and then again, I suppose it's pushed by, you know, the people around you, isn't it? So it was really Mrs. Frost that went, go and do it, you know, and, and just, and then a couple of people called, a lot wiser than me just said, talk as if you're talking to your mates, you know, and you're talking to your mates and the people, you know, that you love and... And I suppose I've just always kept that in my head. So um, I've got to the point now where I enjoy the process. I enjoy, you know, with a camera people, you know, a cameraman, a salesman or a lady, whatever, you know, whoever sort of their director. And I enjoy those days. So, yeah, I feel privileged really, I suppose. Do you find it easier filming at your home or is that an added pressure? Should I tell you a little secret? Go on. He's got the best job in the world. Well, he doesn't have to leave his... He lives down it's the official. road from me. It's official. It's out there. Yeah. I tell you, it, it's, it's nerve-wracking. The first, so for me, the first couple of hours, they all turn up. There's a, there's a realisation of, oh, you know, I'm making a programme It's and I'm looking after it. So there's mm. that pressure. But actually, after a couple of hours, you're someone in your garden... And there happens to be a camera there that, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to the camera. So I just personalise that, that I'm talking to a person. And then I finish, because it filmed over two days, the hour programmes. I, I finished the day one and I go in the house sort of, I don't know, with an incredibly lovely, warm feeling as if, this, you know, I've, I've spent a day just gardening and talking about it and all right, someone happens to be never filmed it. but And the people that, that make the programme are lovely. So you have a really lovely time, you know. And you've uh, got the added benefit of your cats getting in on the act. And that must yeah. ca- that must be quite calming, actually, you know, to have your yeah, quite, around you. Yeah, and it is because, you you know, I don't know, you know, Lena, Mrs Frost, Lena will come out and a cup of tea and come for a chat. One of the kids might come back from school, probably smash the door, bang in the middle of doing something. It's, it's like you're making a you're making something around, but family life's going on around you. Yeah. 
yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, you know, the cat will run out, the dog. The cat's just, I don't know, was obviously born and destined for television because... Obviously. It just... The cameras arrive and Ash arrives. He's a dude. Absolutely. But you're... It's so funny because you've just nailed it, really, because my I wrote a big sheet of paper in the kitchen before coming on here going, do not use the Internet. Do not put the radio on. Do not go upstairs because obviously sound picks up. And our poor families, do they ever get sort of sick of you and shove you in a shed? Yeah, my thought just ignore me. <laughs> just literally just ignore me. It's, I mean, I, it's funny, isn't it? I, you know, it's like your kids just... It, for them, especially the younger two, not so much the older two, because I suppose in a sense they've got slight, they've got more of a previ- appreciation of, of I suppose, the graph, the, the hard work that I've put in, I suppose, yeah. to get to where we've got to. But but the younger two haven't got a clue. They haven't no. got a clue. So, which, is, which is, you know, that's that's our doing in a sense. And, and so for them, you know, dad doing what dad's doing is totally and utterly normal. It's it's yeah. not even apart from they'll they'll say to their mates you know when their mates all want to be you know whatever you call it a celebrity or this out the other and they will say to their mates you know that's not all it's cracked up to be you know you know just yeah no my dad's still wearing you know, a bubble you're sat hat there with your dad having a meal or you've gone for a drink and this that and the other and I suppose from the kids' point of view you know and then the next thing someone's sat there with you talking to you and and then that's part of parcel of it isn't it but but yeah the other two just sort of get on with it do you have to pinch yourself because you've got a fabulous home a three acre plus garden do you have to pinch yourself and say uh, you know I deserve this or or do you feel you deserve it no of course I don't no not not at all I, I I've worked hard don't get me wrong and and I suppose even going back to working for Jeff and things like that if Someone needed to stay at eight o'clock at night. I would stay at eight o'clock at night. If someone needed to be in early in the morning, I'd be in early in the morning. So I was always one of those. I was a lad that would always get stuck in. I think I've met some incredible people along the way that have either given me a shove, a push, or a kick when I've needed it. And and I, I think the under underlying thing is I feel lucky that I was one of those people that that ended up doing something that he loves and. And that, if you get, you do what you do, you know. Oh, I love it. Do you know what I mean? We, so it's not, it's not a job, is it, in a way? Right, sometimes it's got anything, it feels like work, but, but actually in reality, you know, it, it's part of what we are, isn't it? So yeah. I, I just feel incredibly sort of privileged, really. But you're spreading the word of horticulture in so many ways. It's almost ridiculous. So you've got this fabulous podcast, Roots, Wings and Other Things, which is really good fun. Um, And you've just written a book which should be on everyone's Christmas list, How to Create Your Garden. Um, Do you find that quite stressful, having a book deadline? Or are you sort of quite happy, you know, being dyslexic? is How how difficult is that for you to, to... Settle down. And- I've learned what I've learned to do is sorry, me. I, I suppose what I've learned to do is is it's just me talking, and and then then I'm I'm fine with it, you know. So I'm certainly the most intelligent person in the world, but I think socially, you know, I'm, I'm all right, and and I can I can tell a story, and and I know how I want to communicate something, 
and that's all I'm trying to do when I'm writing. You know, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not a writer. You know, I'm, I'm a lad that designs and creates gardens that these other things have happened to him. You know, and and I think so. Yeah, I, sometimes sometimes it feels a little bit too much, and I want to get in a car and just go to Scotland and buy a little croft and live on the side of a lock and. Um, and then other days it feels amazing but I would say about your writing so you write for Gardener's World and obviously I've read lots of your work it's really clear you are so clear at giving instruction and I think that's because you've done it I, I really feel like you've sort of nailed the Delia Smith how to boil an egg do you know what I mean you don't seem to miss any I'd love gaps. to do a programme like that you know I was pushing in lockdown Exactly what you just said. I said in lockdown, we should do, you know, the people should have done a Delia how to boil an egg type. Yeah. Program. Right, go back to basics, go back to the soil and do it in a light-hearted way, involve the kids, involve the family, you know, and, and just do a back to basics, follow all the way through, throw in a few landscape jobs, you know, make a few things, do this, do that, you know, grow, even throw a little bit of cooking in, whatever you wanted to do. But but yeah, that sort of delia. I think it's strange that you say about I've done it. Interestingly, I think one of my biggest, I suppose my biggest demon really is, is has been the working class toe rag going into, you know, me walking along Main Avenue at Chelsea, let's be honest, you know, roll back the years, that in a lot of ways, that was a bit of an odyssey, you know, and, and, I, and I was aware of that and I was made aware of that. Gosh, you know, you? and which I look back on now and laugh, but but at the time it could wind me up, you know, and maybe that drove me on a little bit. But do you know, I remember when I became editor of the English Garden magazine, and yeah. I'd been to Chelsea for years before writing for weeklies and you know, just yeah. being a ha- you know, normal person. And when I arrived, I could not believe it. I had people coming up to me that have never spoken to me before wanting to work for me yeah. or shoot for me. And it drew, I was I was maddened by that. It actually made me think I don't want yeah. to work with those people because you know, I've been here, you know, no one's even waved at me. It, it is you must get yeah. that now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and now you just smile, you smile sweetly. But I think that was that was the underlying, you know, there was always something there, you know, that, that sort of, in a sense, you put your battle your way through it, don't you? You know, yeah. and, and maybe that's why, interesting enough, all the things that I thought were holding me back from gardener to landscaper to, you know, I mean, I trained in design years before I ever really rose, put my head above the parapet. You know, I've heard people that you and I know. I've been stood in a garden, one of my early gardens at Chelsea, someone very well-known and very upper class having a conversation with a friend. Couldn't know, didn't know I could hear and was basically saying, oh, yes, 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 and they'd said the garden was nice, you know, and, and this person then proceeded to say, yes, yes, but he's, he's not really a designer. You know, he's a landscape, he builds things, really. And I just went, wow. We've got a long way to go to change this perception of what a gardener yeah. is. And interestingly enough now, though, what you just said about you've been there and done it, all the things that I thought were holding me back have become my biggest assets. Yeah. Because the fact that I can pick a trowel up and build a wall or I can lay some paving or, I, you know, I can 
turn my hand to this or that. And I suppose I look upon myself sometimes a bit like a GP. But then if you look upon it, that's what Jeff did, really. Jeff went from, you know, from, from Gardner. He did. He ran a landscape company. Then he then he got into writing. I suppose you could say I got into design. So I suppose you know there are people that have been on certain journeys, haven't they? And 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 pick that knowledge up as you've gone along. Yeah, but I think you know you're you've got this amazing garden school. Your skills of communicating. Yeah. The most useful way is to actually teach people, which you are doing. So explain to me why you did that. What what was the sort of driving force? Mrs. Frost told that? me to. She's good. Mrs. I Frost like told her. me to, mate. She's brilliant. Yeah, she told me to. She decided that uh, I read. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. We were looking. We had our house. We were looking for um, a new offices for the design business, and we were lucky enough. The girls, my two girls, had horses, but we we, had, we were renting some stables. Um, you know, for for our own delivery type thing which hands we did ourselves um, and she convinced me she'd seen this place she convinced me that actually if you took all the other money that we were spending put it in a pot we could yeah. come here and then I could set a school up and then I could do this and then I could do that so we came I thought she was absolutely barking mad um, then she said and she showed me around some bits of pieces then she said yeah but you've got to come and see this and then I walked around the corner and I see the wisteria and at this point, I go, oh, well, all right, we better think about it then. And then we went away and we did our finances. And, and we actually, the one thing I would say that she's been incredible with um, is, is taking a gamble, but also pushing me. Because mm. um, though I suppose I probably didn't tell it, come across necessarily as being um, probably confident. I'm probably not overconfident in a lot of ways. You know, I'll stand and do what I do um, because I love it. But actually, the moment I've stopped doing it, I'd rather sit in the corner quietly with a pint than, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and but she's very socially out there. And so she's probably shoved me when, you know, when we needed to. And, and, and I suppose the school thing was always driven by, is that where you started from, really, is... is I just think there's a fear factor with gardening and and I always felt that if you could get in front of people and share the things that you do wrong as well as you do right. Exactly. You know, prune something in front of somebody, tell them what they can get away with, what they can't get away with, what is important, what is just actually, you know, a little bit snobbery or a little bit of this or a little bit of that, then people would come with you. you know? mm. And 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 I suppose in a way the school in that sense is is working and and it's lovely because people turn up and we just have a lovely day. I mean, one of the nicest things I did during lockdown, there's someone um, in Shropshire that grows cut flowers and she just invite, you know, said, if you want to come and pick flowers, there's six of you, just come and pick a bucket of flowers. And it was just like wonderful. I mean, but if we weren't in yeah. lockdown, would I have gone and done that? I don't know. But I really enjoyed no. it. Yeah. And have you seen, you know, the time in the garden during lockdown? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've enjoyed the detail of the yeah. garden. The insects and the birds. and and Because yeah. we opened the garden, you know, my family garden, we, we didn't yeah. open this year. And what I've noticed is how many more birds 
because they're not being frightened uh, by our visitors. <laughs> it's, it has been, in that sense, you know, it, it, it's been incredible, hasn't it? In mm. that sort of, you know, that reconnection. I think a lot of us in what we do is we get to March and we start running, don't we? Yeah. You know, and we didn't have to. And we to. don't really get off the treadmill again until, what, September, October. And, and I think that, you know, all my gardening mates, yours probably the same, have, have just said a lot more. I spent some time in the garden and realised, you know, again, how much I actually do enjoy it. And and I think there's that bit of it. It's made me rethink, and especially with Selena being poorly, mm. actually, what do I want to do next? Yeah. Do you like your own company? Because I, I've worked this out, I reckon. When I was younger, I, I hated being with myself. And then I had a job yeah. which was very isolating. And I, I got used to myself. And now I absolutely love gardening on my own, which sounds awful, doesn't it? But I do love no, that. No, not talking to me. No, it doesn't. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, most of the time, most of the time I love, the only other person that I, I truly love gardening with he's and this sounds a romantic old idiot I mean, but the truly love just gardening with mind you she can be a little bit bossy you'd think that I was totally clueless is is Selena is Mrs Frost that's and apart from that yeah I like being by myself yeah it did you meet her through gardening no I know yeah honestly if you'd have if you'd have seen her when we met she she looked more like she walked off the makeup counter at John Lewis she sort of she had a tiny little black skirt on. She was totting along in a in a high heels. I don't think, hand on heart, she knew what a landscape gardener was at the time. Um, you know, so no, it was definitely a, a baptism by fire. I think I more or less had to explain to her that, that I I create I didn't just look after them, I created them. So I designed them on paper and then I went out and my company built them and and yeah, so um actually when you see her now out there. You know, on a Saturday afternoon, covered in mud. That's yeah, it's good. interesting, isn't it? Where <laughs> sort of life takes you. I'm not sure it was part of our master plan. Brilliant. Now we have a mutual friend in um, David Hurrian. So he's one of your guest tutors, isn't he, at your school? He is. Well, David and I have done quite a few bits together. So we did quite a lot of stuff for Wyvale um, last year, and um, and David helped me plant. My last, my 2015, the last time I went to Chelsea, um, he helped me plant that. So, yeah, we've known each other a long time because obviously yeah. it goes back before that and, you know, the Gardeners World connection and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, I've known him 25 years. He was my lecturer at Sparshow. So it was lovely wow. to see him, you know, teaching at your school. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely industry, isn't it, that you, you – keep people he's a diamond he should be he should be used more by the industry yeah because he's not only is he a big character but but he's his knowledge um and again it's that passion isn't it it's that it's that caring but he cares about human beings he cares about you know the plants the planet um and, and and there is a lot of i suppose people you know like that isn't there in our industry but yeah. yeah he's a good friend he's a good friend so you've done oh i don't know you've got seven gold medals at chelsea you were last there in 2015 is that right or 16 yeah i was meant to go back in 2020 
Did you miss that? Was there like a big gaping hole? Or was there? I would imagine, because I'm a bit of a nervous person, I'd probably have thought, oh, thank goodness for that. You know, is there any of that? Because it's quite stressful, isn't it? It was, it was, I'd done it for so long that, and, and again, it was people around me saying, do you really need to keep on doing this? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, how many more meals do you need? Blah, 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 blah. You could spend money doing and I was like, yeah, but, but by the end, we were actually earning money doing it. And I was like, yeah, but how do I fill that void? That was the biggest drive to start with. I, I, I'm going to have a big hole. I'm not going to have to, I'm not going to replace it. Blah, blah, blah. So that internal panic, um, obviously six months later, working out actually how I would have fit this Chelsea in because everything picked up and, and flew anyway. So, but, but yeah, I, I think for a couple of years, I was all right. And then there would be notepads on the paper. On the, with little scribbles on of Chelsea Gardens and and say I started doing a lot of stuff with around the biosecurity and and bits and pieces with that and and then the RHS had asked me to get involved in, a, in the garden on the triangle and I made the silly comment and when 2015 that I'd go back possibly if I could do the triangle you and so Sue Biggs had phoned me up and just said, would you do it? But obviously, you know, it was all going to happen. It would have all been there this May. But, um, and it was all about biosecurity. So I had been sucked back in, but that one won't get built now next year. So I'm not sure when when I'll necessarily come back, you know. But, but I get yeah. fixed, don't I? Because I get, you know, I go now. You know, I do what you guys have done for years with your magazines and things. You get to go on, you take some photographs, you interview people. Now I get to walk around other people's gardens now with a camera, stand there, look at it, talk about it. Someone pays me and I go home again. Excellent. I like that. That sounds yeah. good. So what made you stop the magazine? Um, well, my, my uncle runs a four-acre garden here and he's in yeah. his 70s and... It was just a sort of turning point thinking, what are we going to do in the future? Is he going to keep the garden open? And I just thought, gosh, we can't possibly close this garden ever. You know, it's part of my life. We all love it as a family. So I said to him, look, I'm going to give up my job and come and help you. Um, I think he was a bit scared (laughs) of having me there. Um, But yeah, so I just, I don't know. I thought I've achieved what I want to achieve. Publishing is incredibly stressful and hard. And I really, yeah. I, I am a gardener. You know, I'm not a trained journalist yeah. at all. I'm a bit like you. I failed at school. I've got no GCSEs. Goodness only knows how I got where I've got. But um, I no, really there want... There we go. Girl done good. Well, I really you wanted... You said to me, girl done yeah. good. <laughs> I just wanted to garden again and at home. So I think it was this connection to a place. And now my sister's given up her job and she runs the cafe. So, yeah, it's... It's just where we feel we should be. Um, and it's lovely to do That's lovely though, isn't Nazi it? stuff. Yeah, it is. And like you, I started my career working for John Treasure at Burford House, who was my uncle, who was the Clematis mm-hmm. King, who trained Raymond Everson and was at Chelsea. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Christopher Lloyd used to come and visit him. And I had no idea, no interest at all with, you know, who they were and I'm so annoyed now that I didn't pick up on that yeah I, but we don't do it I don't think I you know you're in your I don't know your early 20s or whatever you've got no real 
you've got no real appreciation of of what's happening around you. And, you know, the, what's lovely for us is at least we can look back or we look back on some incredible memories. Yeah, I remember um, Alan Titchmarsh coming to the gardens at Burford and he was doing something for Gardener's World, I think, and I had to pretend to serve him at the till. And I must have been, what, 16? And it was just so exciting. All those little memories, it's fun. Incredible, yeah. I can remember the first time I met Roy Lancaster with with Jeff, you know, and and, and Jeff, in, in a very rude way, in, introduced me at, in a hotel at Gardeners World Live, and you know I'm I'm having this conversation with with obviously you know Roy and and hoping that he doesn't talk about plants, feeling like yeah. I'm sort of internally shaking. I think that, I think um, everybody does that when they meet Roy. Yeah, <laughs> but, but completely gracious man, you know. And, and then you you fast forward, and you know that that first year that I really started doing Gardeners World. Um, which I turned up at the, um, you know, the, the Garden Awards and, and Roy saw me walking through the entrance and he sort of beckoned me over, you know, and I'm thinking, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you, he said, and he beckoned me over and I'm thinking, oh, what's he going to say to me, you know? And he said, young man, he said, you keep doing what you're doing. What you're doing, young man, is making a difference. And I could feel the goosebumps yeah. and I could feel myself Welling up, that's and lovely. and that's those little moments when and I and then he went and Selena said, "What did he say?" I said, "I can't tell you at the moment. Let's go and sit down." And we all sat down and went. Roy Lancaster has just told me to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm going to make a difference. Keep doing what I'm doing because of this. Keep doing what I'm doing because of this. And and then it's those moments that you feel that are amazing when people that you've watched from afar that yeah. have been incredible, yet they've taken the time, you know, to pay attention and and, and give you a few words of encouragement. Yeah, that's pretty special, that is. That is yeah. really special. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about is after-dinner speaking. You do yeah. those, don't you? I am absolutely yeah. desperate. to. Do, I don't know why. I just think it would be such good fun to eat a meal, have a few glasses of wine, and then hopefully try and yeah. make people laugh. Is it something that you enjoy or is it terrifying? What's the, what's the deal? I, I enjoy those more than, than probably. And I don't, enjoy, don't get me wrong, I don't enjoy them, you know, the 10 minutes before no. or the preparation. But once I'm doing and I'm telling stories, lucky enough, then what comes with being, you know, a naughty boy and get yourself in a bit of bother along the way, it fits really well with after dinner speaking, you know, because you've got some stories to tell at the end. But I, I finish those and, and you know, I'll go to the hotel room or I'll, you know, get in the car or whatever or, or stay and have drinks with people. And, yeah, the, the feeling feels, you get a sense of what it must be like to, you know, that sort of idea of feeling sick before you start going in, you know, being at a theatre, being on a stage. Mm. And then going, doing it, you know, making people laugh, cry, whatever you do. And having people come up to you afterwards. And, and you know, a lot of the time with me, it's, it's um, as you probably know, I'm talking to David, well, I'm quite honest. So I don't, I'll share honest stories and, and the good, the bad, the indifferent, I suppose, on a stage. And also if it's after dinner, you can be a little bit naughty as well. Yeah. 
No, I just think it sounds that's just fun. My character. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, you fun. should give it a go. You should give it a go, definitely. So if you didn't stick with horticulture, where do you think you'd be in a mess? Yeah. Chef. Yeah. A chef or a prison. Chef. A chef, yeah. okay. Not the army then. Did weren't tempted by that. Well, I nearly I, what happened, I went I left home at 16 years old. I went to, to give you a little bit of detail. So I woke up one day, I was 16 years old, and um, we'd moved to a small Devon village. And I woke up to find out that my mum and dad um, were doing a swap with another couple. So all of a sudden, the bloke that was going to become my stepdad had been married to the one that was going to become my stepmom. And everybody was having a change around. And so you imagine at 16 years old, I've gone that stuff down. Blow your mind, yeah. But it did blow my mind. And I was a very angry young man. I moved in above a little pizza shop in Kumartin. But one of the things I did is I, I went and took my exams for the for the army in Barnstable, and and actually it was only going back in there, you know, a couple of weeks after taking the thing and sitting down, and I look back and it must have been a quite a bright old you know sergeant or whatever just said, young man, you know, you can come in, you can do this, 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 and this, come in as a junior leader, but if you want my advice, go and just get yourself a job. Just for a couple of years, and if you still want to come back in at 18, come back in. And That's I look back advice. and think, you obviously just see an angry, angry, angry young man that wanted to get away from home. But And then I went for an interview on the parks department. And, yeah, and then that was the day when I met George and Jim, and they were proper old characters, proper mm. old Devon characters. You know, old Jim, he was 60 then. Um, he used to ride, he used to row the lifeboat in his, his youth, right? So he had... He had arms on him bigger than my legs. And I had to pick the old boy up in the morning. And I'd go out to his, his little house and, and pick him up. And we used to have this little Italian three-wheeler thing. You know? And the first thing he'd do when he got in, in the vehicle is, is grab hold of me, me knees, squeeze it really hard. Morning, you know, um, in his, his broad Durham accent. And then he would take me at various different things. He had various different scams going on that I'd have to deliver him to, you know, as the old parkies did in a way. Um, but it taught me so much, you know. Yeah. It taught me so much about life as well. Yeah. No, I think the parks department, I, I worked at Bournemouth Parks. I was probably one of the first women there. There were definitely no others when I was there. Yeah. And it was quite terrifying, actually. We had a little tin hut yeah. and about six blokes. But I tell you what, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life and fitter yeah. Um, it it's yeah. just I do hope that it hasn't gone to health and safety because you and I were probably there in the days where there was no such thing really yeah. as health and safety. They threw no. you a pair of steel toe cap boots and the rest was up to you. Yeah, I can remember being um, in in Ilfcombe in a in a little park called Bickelscombe Park and it's got a mill and it's got a mill on the side of it. And, and two of the old boys, it's got, he had a cage around it. Two of the old boys came with a scrubbing brush and a bucket and said, right, we turn it all off. We have to go in and give this a clean once a year. So they've got me in there and I'm scrubbing away. The next thing, they've locked the gate. And then all of a sudden, I can feel this wet stuff coming over the top of me. And they've got an open sluice gate at the top. No. And I'm running around like a hamster. <laughs> all over and I've got you know and again the old boys one of them must have been 40 plus the other one must have been pushing 60 
They're, they're on their backs, just laughing on the grass. Could you imagine that? <laughs> it's well, and they've got their apprentice running around this hamster wheel. Absolutely crackers, you know. But again, you look back and it's, they bought me a bobble hat one year with the biggest bobble, bobble on it you've ever seen. So the, the, the bobble was bigger than the hat, just so they could see me. And they made me wear it every day. So everybody that walked through the park was looking at this idiot that was me with this stupid big bobble on the top of my hat, you know. And, and you're right, I think, I think those guys, they'll never know. But they fix me in a way, you know, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where part of that, you know, I want people to go and part of, I want youngsters to have a go and maybe, maybe that's part of what it is, is it's just because it's, it's provided with me with so much, I don't know. I feel yeah. like I'm getting older sentimental as well. Well, that's all right. But, I mean, it would just be so lovely if people would actually choose gardening as an option. I I did a talk at a school a couple of years ago to sort of GCSE level about becoming a horticulturist, and they were all so glazed over. It wasn't even vaguely on there. It wasn't an option, you know. And it's such a shame when you think what you and I and all our colleagues have experienced – there's so many opportunities, aren't there? Yeah. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? I mean, I did the, um, you know, I did those home-based academies and things, and, and they worked really well. There is a bit of me that, I suppose there's a bit of me that has to believe that, you know, that, that it will change. But I do think there's an undertone there. It's just, I think part of the problem is, is sometimes not necessarily the youngsters, it's it's the parents because yeah. you know it, the parents more or less feel disappointed because actually gardening is something to do you know maybe if you're not very bright or you know you're not very academic or you're not this or you're not that and and us that do it realise that actually it's probably one of a career that that we'll all go in the ground probably only knowing about half of actually what we want to know yeah. You know, so you don't stop learning, do you? And and so I think some of it is a is a social thing that you, we've got to convince people in general that that it's it's a great career. And I, but I don't think I think us as in horticulturists, we're not great at, at selling it. I think we we sometimes more or less apologise. You know, how many times have you heard someone say, you know, come and be a gardener? The money's not very good. Oh, yeah, regularly, yeah. But why do we do that? I why don't do know. Do that? How many jobs are fantastically paid when you first go into them? Well, none, really. But the other problem we've got is that you get a lot of people that come to gardening later and they want to volunteer and do it for fun, which is great. But my view is, is if there's a job there, you have to pay someone to do it, you know, yeah. I do. We. I have a lot of people ask if they can volunteer at the garden, and I always say no because I think my business has to be able to pay someone to yeah. do the job. You know, it's a job. It's not a sort of jolly. It's fun, but yeah. Because interestingly, yeah, you're right. Because what we do here, if, if someone wants to come, is it's normally for work experience because yeah. you know they want to take it on to the next level type thing. No, that's the way forward, I think, rather than 
not discounting older people, but I think we need to give those yeah. roles to people that, that are going to move on and up. Yeah, we so. yeah we should discount them, mate, because we're on the way. No, well, there we are. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll be volunteering for you soon, I expect. Yeah, we might want to go and volunteer somewhere. Yeah. Someone will actually play back this recording. And yeah. I think you and I won't get any volunteers. No, that'll be it. We'll be finished. Oh, well, Adam, yeah. it's, been, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. And um, you. You know, it's just great to, to properly spend time because that's the problem. We're all dashing around. And I find with these podcasts, yeah. it's just lovely to connect with people. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm, no, I'm thrilled. And and you're doing an amazing I need job. To come and see the garden. No, no, that's what I need to do. We put that yeah. on the list, and yeah, that would be absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, and I hope your wife is feeling a lot better. Um, and it sounds yeah, like she's your in. she's your driving force. So good on her. <laughs> she's every, yeah, she probably is. Um, you know, she probably is everything. My muse, my you know, I don't know, my muse, my governor. I don't know. Yeah, her and the kids. I suppose that's the reason I get up in the morning. But, oh, but yeah, she's good. good. She'll be all right. She'll be all right. But it's lovely to be on. Thank you. Well, I, I really enjoyed that conversation with Adam. And I'm left feeling that he is a man who's completely honest, just real, realistic. And he is the right person to break down the barriers that some people have about gardening and to make it all clear, accessible and easy. So that's just wonderful. And what I loved about him most of all was that he's obviously, you know, a completely dedicated family man, which is just, just lovely. So until next time, thanks for joining me. Happy gardening. Fresh from the Pod is presented by me, Tamsin Westhorpe, and produced by Candide in their plant-filled Bristol office. Candide is a free plant and gardening app with a helpful community of plant lovers, interesting articles and great tools like plant identification and garden tours. Ask a question in the app with the hashtag FreshFromThePod and I'll choose my favourite to answer later in the series. And if you enjoyed Fresh From The Pod, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it on Reddit and talk about it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe.